The purpose of this program is not to prescribe a treatment to individuals. Listeners should consult their healthcare practitioner before attempting any treatment. Good morning and welcome to Health Watch. My name is Ellen Goldsmith, licensed acupuncturist, and I'm your host today. Today we're speaking with Jill Blakeway, licensed acupuncturist, about her book, Making Babies, a Proven Three-Month Program for Maximum Maximum Fertility. Many couples struggle with fertility issues and seek help to become pregnant. However, it is often thought of as only a woman's condition. Indeed, about 10% of women, that's about 6.1 million women in the United States, ages 15 to 44, have difficulty getting pregnant or staying pregnant, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. A CDC study also analyzed data from the 2002 National Survey of Family Growth and found that, indeed, 7.5% of all sexually experienced men younger than age 45 reported seeing a fertility doctor during their lifetime. This equals 3.3 to 4.7 million men. In her book, Jill Blakeway states that the number of assisted reproductive technologies have more than doubled between 1996 and 2002, and that the nature of the industry has morphed from an option of last resort available to only a few to the first choice for every player in the game. Today, we're going to speak with Jill about her use of Chinese medicine in conjunction with conventional medical treatment to maximize fertility in both men and women. Jill Blakeway is a licensed and board-certified acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a highly skilled and intuitive practitioner of Chinese medicine in New York City. She's the host of CBS Radio's weekly podcast, Grow, Cook, Heal, and the author of two popular books on women's health, Making Babies and Sex Again. Jill's specialty is the care of women and children, and in particular, using Chinese medicine to enhance fertility and fertility treatments. Her work helping women achieve a healthy pregnancy inspired the New York Times to call her the, one of the city's top acupuncturists and a fertility goddess. She's currently teaching gynecology and obstetrics in the doctoral program at Pacific College of Oriental Medicine in San Diego. Jill founded the Yin Ova Center in New York City in 1999, and in the intervening years, it has grown into one of the largest acupuncture practices in the United States. Jill is a popular figure in the media where she's considered an authority on alternative medicine and women's health. She's appeared on numerous shows, including The Dr. Oz Show, CNN, The Early Show, Good Morning America, NBC News, ABC News, Fox News, and Real Housewives of New York. She's been quoted in the New York Magazine, the New York Times, Martha Stewart, L, W, and Town and & Country, to name but a few. And Jill was also the first acupuncturist to give a TED Talk at TED Global in 2012. Jill Blakeway, welcome to Health Watch. Ellen, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's lovely to be here. Wonderful. Well, I want to start because a, a study funded in part by the NIH National Center for Complementary and Alternative Medicine stated that acupuncture did seem to increase pregnancy success rates at IVF clinics with baseline pregnancy rates that were lower than 32%, which is really good news for couples. Yet acupuncture and Chinese medicine are often seen as alternative treatments or an add-on, but not integral to a health plan. And in your book, I think you make a really good case for the inclusion of acupuncture and Chinese medicine as part of the care plan for maximizing fertility, working with physicians to improve 
the foundation of health for both women and men. So I wonder if you could talk to our listeners a little bit about the development of this plan and how you work. Yes. Um, well, Ellen, as you know, Chinese medicine has been used to enhance fertility for over 2,000 years. So um, it, there's a, a long history and much information about enhancing um, fertility in the Chinese medicine literature. And in my clinic, I use acupuncture every day. My team and I, we use it to bring blood to the ovaries in women to resource a good egg. We, we use it to improve circulation to the uterus to promote a good, healthy uterine lining. We use it to balance hormones and to reduce inflammation and um, there have, as you mentioned, been quite a few really interesting research studies that have shown that acupuncture can enhance fertility. And one particular trial, you mentioned using it as an adjunct for Western treatments, um, conventional treatments. One particular trial looked at 180 women doing IVF. Half of them had acupuncture with their IVF and half of them didn't. And the women who had the acupuncture had a 50% better outcome. So um, I think um, acupuncture and Chinese medicine is becoming better known. The medical journal that the reproductive endocrinologists, the fertility doctors read, is called Fertility and Sterility. And they, uh, a few years ago, devoted an entire journal to examining um, acupuncture, which I think means that, in, that conventional medicine is taking note that Chinese medicine um, is a useful adjunct to their treatments. That's really good news. You know, fertility is such a delicate issue and such an emotional issue um, for couples. And when, when, when a woman comes into your clinic, and it's usually the woman who comes first, um, since we carry the child to term, uh, how, do you, how do you start with somebody? Where do you start? Well, you're right. It is usually the woman who comes in first. And um, it is worth mentioning that the biggest cause of secondary infertility, that means when you've had one baby and you can't have another, is in fact male factor. Um, and men assume that if their sperm count was once good, it's always going to be good, but they, they make new sperm. <laughs> they do, but they oh, make they new sperm every day, which come into fruition in three months. So, you know, their reproductive health can wax and wane a little bit. Um, so, but it, you're absolutely right. It's mostly women who come in first. And then my husband sees all the men at the Unova Center. And um, he often has this experience where uh, a guy will come in and Noah will say, and how can I help you? And the guy will say, I don't know. My wife sent me. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the hardest they, thing to You know, we do, we do like to work with both sides of a couple usually. And when a woman comes to see me, Ellen, um, the first thing I do is ask a lot of questions. I see my job as detective work. Um, a lot of what I do ends up being lifestyle advice. Obviously, I prescribe herbs, I prescribe supplements, I do acupuncture. But a, a lot of what I do is um, helping people have sex on the correct day and in the most advantageous position and that kind of thing. Uh, and that's really why I wrote Making Babies. I wrote it with a reproductive endocrinologist. We wanted to pool our knowledge and put down in writing the things that we tell women every day. Uh, and it ended up being a huge, big book. Um, and so it's more than we can get across in a in a normal consult really um, but I'm looking for things that might be stopping people getting pregnant and I'll give you an example people who take very high doses of vitamin C which a lot of people do in the winter because they're trying to ward off a cold um, uh, vitamin C can act a bit like an antihistamine and it dries up the um, mucus in the vagina and that um, can stop you getting pregnant it can, you know you need the mucus to be um, at a specific constituency and a, a specific pH and if that's just a little off that can can be enough. So I'm, I'm listening, I'm asking questions, and I'm listening for those kind of things that people might not know, um, things that they're doing that may be um, making them subfertile. And as an acupuncturist, we know in Chinese medicine that we're, we're always looking for that nuance and subtlety of 
what we call disharmony in, in a person's health and well-being. So, you know, as Westerners, we mostly think, what's wrong with me? You know, name yeah. it, please talk to me. But in Chinese medicine, it's a little bit more subtle. So you're looking, can you talk a little bit about that, you know, those patterns that you're trying yeah. to understand? Well, I think that's particularly true in um, fertility issues, actually. A lot of the people who come to see me have what's called unexplained infertility, which is a very, um, um, is a very dissatisfying diagnosis, really. Right. And what it is, it, it makes total sense to us from a Chinese medicine point of view. It's lots of little things, lots of little imbalances. None of them would make you infertile on their own, but they start to gang up on you. And so I look for those little imbalances, um, things like ovulating um, a, a, a couple of days late so that the uh, follicle has deteriorated a little bit. I'm looking for circulatory issues to the uterus that mean that the quality of the uterine lining isn't quite as good as it, it could be. Uterine position, can, you know, um, as we go through life, our, our uterus is our uteri, um, tip. <laughs> And they go in different directions. You'd be amazed. Um, and we have a, a massage therapist here at the Unova Center who massages everybody back into place. Mm. And you can imagine if your uterus is just a little tipped, uh, all the blood vessels that supply it are like little hoses with kinks in. And they're not quite supplying um, uh, as much blood as they could. And it's a small thing, and it wouldn't stop you if it was the only thing. But if you put that together with maybe a, a, a um, shape issue, a morphology, what's called morphology issue, and maybe um, a slightly short luteal phase, the, the phase from ovulation to um, uh, the, the menstrual period, uh, things like that, then before you know it, you have what's called unexplained infertility. And of course, my job is to find out, to explain it, in fact, and to find out what's going on and start to put it right. Right. So you you work with the women. Your husband, who's also an acupuncturist, uh, works with the men. And and then you also work with uh, endocr reproductive endocrinologists. How do you work in conjunction with a rep reproductive endocrinologist, you know, in a collaborative plan, which I think is a, an important part of care these days so that people aren't operating in silos so that you can support each other and, and really achieve that goal that the, the person who's coming to see you wishes to achieve? Well, Owen, it is actually one of the things that's changed in my career. When I first um, was practicing Chinese medicine, people didn't tell their doctors they were seeing me. Right. Like a little secret. Yes, they're doing a little secret. Um, and they, they were worried about their doctor's reaction. And these days, most of our referrals come from doctors. So it's been a, it's been a huge change. And um, w I have gone out of my way to communicate with doctors. I wrote Making Babies with a Doctor. I very much wanted to do that because I felt like um, what our patients want, and in fact what I want, is the best of all possible worlds. You know, our, our fertility patients want the best that Western medicine has to offer without being over-medicated, and they want any wisdom um, that Eastern medicine can contribute to their case. And so they, patients are happy when we all work together and get our egos out of the way and, um, you know, do what's best for them, which is working together. So I work hard at having good relationships with um, most of the uh, fertility doctors, the reproductive endocrinologists here in New York. And um, what that means for me is that I try and fit in around them a little bit. I understand that they don't necessarily understand what I'm doing. So I attempt to translate it um, into physiological um, concrete terms that, that make sense. Um, and I, um, I, I'm very careful about herb-drug interactions, very careful indeed. Um, and um, uh, I communicate. And so I send a note for the chart. Um, uh, doctors very kindly send me notes for my chart. And we collaborate very well. And of course, that's by far the best 
um, way of helping our patients. Absolutely, and it makes people feel very cared for. I know that. <laughs> so you talked about um, distilling things, and I think you do a wonderful job in your book of making it uh, accessible and understandable to people who are not well-versed in Chinese medicine. And one of the wonderful things you do is you break down um, the patterns of the syndromes, as we call them in Chinese medicine, into fertility types. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that, because I think that's very interesting uh, for people to consider. Well, you know, when we started to um, write Making Babies, we started from the perspective that Making Babies is a fundamentally natural program, uh, process. Uh, and that then we wrote a three-month program to help couples conceive as naturally as possible for them. And a lot of people are pregnant at the end of the program. If you, if you read the reviews on Amazon, and there's a lot of them, many, many people get pregnant in that three months, but not all of them do. And those that aren't either need a little bit more time or they're in a better position to do IVF. And we, we wrote a different program program for five different fertility types. And you're right, they are loosely based on Chinese medicine, but they were also based on Dr. David and I's um, experience. Uh, he has 30 years of experience as a reproductive endocrinologist. He was one of the first uh, reproductive endocrinologists. He was the first to do an IVF here in New York. Um, so he has a lot of experience. And we sat down and we grouped people um, so that we could give them specific types uh, of information, because each type needs to follow a slightly different program in order to conceive. And so and I, I think the listeners will recognize themselves in these types. We made them fairly broad. Um, the tired type are people with metabolic issues. They can get sluggish. They're sensitive to sugar. They put on weight easily. And that, um, Ellen, makes them so different from the dry type who are thin and anxious and overheat easily and have flushed faces. Um, and unlike the pale type who have pale faces because they're undernourished, either because they're eating the wrong things or because they aren't able to digest their food properly. And then many of us, including me, <laughs> are the stuck type. And these are, we're people who manifest our stress physically with symptoms such as tension, headaches, and nervous stomachs. We also get PMS and things like that. And the final type is the waterlogged type. These are mostly the people with polycystic ovarian syndrome. They're, they're, they're like the tired type but they're all, uh, because they're sluggish, but they also um, can't process fluids well and retain water that often leads to swollen hands and feet and we created those types so that we could give different advice to different people so a woman who's the dry type is probably suffering from low estrogen uh, and has things like hot flashes and we would suggest more plant estrogens like flax seeds or something like that but for a woman who's the stuck type and has symptoms of what we would call estrogen dominance such as fibroids or um, uh, painful breasts premenstrual something like that we would suggest avoiding soy products and instead eating lots of leafy green vegetables. So that's that's why we we divided people into types so that we could give them targeted advice. Right. So you give them the targeted lifestyle advice and dietary advice and then you also target it with the specific types of acupuncture treatments and specific types of herbal formulas, right? We do in our clinic. We didn't in the book because we wanted people right. not to be their own acupuncturist or their own herbalist, actually, because that way lies madness, I think. <laughs> so um, we, all the way through the book, we suggest that people go and see a herbalist. And if there's one thing I, I would say to uh, your listeners is that you'll read a lot on the Internet about herbs that enhance fertility, but there is no such thing as a herb that enhances fertility because people's reasons for not getting pregnant are very different, obviously, just like there's no drug that enhances fertility because people, you know... 
um, have infertility issues for, for different reasons. And so seeing a professional who will prescribe the right herb for you is a really good move. We often see people who have self-prescribed actually the wrong herb, and it can, it can be detrimental. It can actually be stopping them from getting pregnant um, inadvertently. So um, we always say, um, you know, herbs are um, chemical substances, just like taking drugs. They should be taken seriously, and they should be prescribed by someone who knows what they're doing. Absolutely. And, and just, uh, again, that difference between thinking Western thinking and Eastern thinking, where in the West, we take something for something in, in uh, Chinese medicine, herbs are prescribed all conditions, one condition, many treatments, right? That's right. And uh, it's something that people, I think, don't know about Chinese herbs. But as you know, Ellen, they're very rarely prescribed singly. There's no, you know, uh, I can right. think of, you know, ginseng is occasionally prescribed singly. But mostly they're prescribed in specially tailored formulas that are tailored to your particular pattern. And uh, certainly at the Innova Center, we make a separate formula for every patient. And it's unique to them. Uh, and that is the beauty of Chinese medicine. It's why it works. And it's addressing all of you, um, not just your reproductive system and that that because of course whole people get pregnant (laughs) absolutely well if you just tuned in you're listening to health watch on kboo as we speak with jill blakeway licensed acupuncturist and author of the book making babies a proven three-month program for maximum fertility so i wondered why three months in the title of your book Three months, um, uh, now I didn't come up with the title of the book, but that's something that people probably don't realize if they don't write books is that the publisher comes <laughs> up with the title. Um, and, but three months, it was what Dr. David and I felt was the minimum amount of time to make change in a woman's cycle. You know, um, um, a lot of our patients get pregnant at the three-month mark, by no means all of them. Um, and then people go on from there and, you know, get pregnant over the next year. Um, but we felt that, you know, give us three months. We need three months to change your um, reproductive picture. And we felt that our patients didn't have much patience, if you'll forgive the right, pun. Right, and that right. they wanted very quick fixes. Um, and so we were making a plea in the book for let's invest in a little three-month boot camp to get you in the best possible shape to get pregnant. So let's invest some time and some effort. Um, and that's why we, we did a three-month program. It's not a promise that everybody will get pregnant in three months because that, of course, is impossible. So after three months, though, you can reevaluate and and let's say things haven't changed that much. Where would you go from there? It's a tricky question, but I'm, I'm curious. It's a big question. Mm-hmm. It's an important question, and it varies, I think, from couple to couple. I check every month that I'm making progress in a case. I usually use the period week to do that, and I see my patients once a week, and um, every month I have a little recap, and in my mind, I'm actually on the chart, I have long-term goals and short-term goals that I'm working on and checking that I'm making progress. I think alternative medicine can get very open-ended if we're not careful, and I think it's important to measure outcomes and know that we're making progress, um, um, which we certainly do at the Innova Center, and I think all good practitioners do. And there, I, I'm, I'm fairly quick to refer people out for um, Western medical testing. I don't see why we wouldn't have as much information as we possibly could. I I sort of hate the thought of wasting someone's time if, if, for instance, their fallopian tubes were blocked and we were just going, you know, giving them herbs and um, lifestyle advice uh, and we didn't know that. That would be a shame because it's a relatively straightforward test. It's called the HSG um, and it's good to know that your tubes are open. So I, I send people out 
pretty quickly for information. And then if, if everything looks okay, hormonally and, and structurally, um, then I work with people, um, and as long as they're making progress, you know, from anywhere from three months to a year, really. Um, but I, I do measure progress, and I do make sure that we're, the case is moving forward. And certainly if I'm not helping people, I will tell them. Um, because I like them to free up their health dollars to do something that is going to help them. Right. And uh, you you talked also, and I think this is important, it's not just the woman's issues or the man's issues, but it's the interaction of both those issues together. And I wondered if you could just talk about that, too, from a Chinese medicine point of view. Well, I actually got into this um, in my second book, Sex Again, quite a lot, um, which is all about the energetics of sex. Um, and bringing yin and yang together. Um, but of course, um, your, your relationship in Chinese medicine is an energetic entity in itself. <laughs> your connection to your partner isn't just physical and emotional and mental. It's also energetic. Um, and uh, bringing those energies together is what makes a baby. It is the convergence of yin and yang um, that creates, creates life. Um, and so balancing up a couple... Uh, is part of our job. I, t- I actually really enjoy doing this with my husband. He, you know, he treats the men and I treat the women. And we often have a little case conference uh, about you know, how we're going to get them as a, as a couple pregnant. Um, and it's actually kind of fun to collaborate with your own husband on this. It's actually a, it's a fun exercise. <laughs> it must be. But uh, I'm just thinking about our listeners who've heard of Yin and Yang and they're out there shaking their head. Yeah, oh, I know what that is. But maybe we could just have you explain it a little bit more thoroughly so they really get it. Yes, it's not just a dorm poster. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it is a, it's a very ancient um, um, way of classifying everything, really. Um, so yin is um, said to be all the things that are um, uh, in your body. Um, it's worth saying that yin and yang can be applied to anything. Nature, anything can be divided into its yin and its yang, um, relatively speaking. But in your body, all the things that moisten and nourish and cool you are said to be yin. And all the functions of your body that are energizing and heating and involve movement are said to be yang. And in order to be working um, properly, we have to be in what's called a dynamic balance of yin and yang. That means it's not very static because sometimes you need more movement and more heat and, you know, you need to go for a run or something. You need to do something yang. And sometimes you need to go to sleep, which is a very yin activity. Um, But uh, yin and yang are in a dynamic balance in your body. And sometimes they get a little out of control. If you have um, not enough yin, you don't have enough cooling. So you start to have overheating, things like hot flashes. So we would say that, you know, some of our perimenopausal women who are getting a little low on estrogen um, and are having hot flashes, they would be um, uh, missing some yin in Chinese medicine. And we would give them yin tonic herbs. And that absolutely works. It, 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 it works um, to stop the hot flashes and moisten everything and cool everything again. I'll echo that for sure. Um, There's another issue, which is around fertility, which is some women can get pregnant, but they can't stay pregnant. So how does Chinese medicine look at miscarriage? Um, Yes, well, I actually lecture quite a lot on miscarriage within um, our field. It's it's certainly something that I'm um, 
very concerned about. And I worry that um, uh, often patients do IVF over and over and over again when they don't really have a fertility problem. They have a holding on problem. And Chinese medicine, um, just like Western medicine, sees miscarriage as coming from lots and lots of different causes. Um, uh, and so it requires some detective work. Obviously, most miscarriages are caused by chromosomal abnormality uh, in the embryo. And um, uh, one of those is not considered to be a particularly big deal, though it's a big deal when you have a miscarriage. It's a, it's a horrible feeling, but it's not considered to be particularly worrying. Um, but, you know, some people have um, uh, eggs that are poorer quality than others. Um, uh, but there are also lots of other reasons why people miscarry, including autoimmune reasons where their body fights the, the embryo in some way or creates inflammation that makes them inhospitable in some way. There can be blood clotting issues. Um, some of those can be genetic, like the MTHFR gene mutation can cause blood clotting issues. Um, uh, but some of them can be caused by autoimmune issues that, that lead to blood clotting. And you can imagine that a, a clot can um, stop supply to the baby and, and cause a, a miscarriage. And there are also lots of underlying conditions, you know, things like hypothyroid um, can, can, is related to miscarriage. Diabetes can be related to miscarriage. So you know, generally supporting people's general health. And then I usually do a good old lifestyle review and see what people are doing. Some of my artists work with very toxic chemicals um, and that you know, toxicity um, can be implicated in miscarriage too. So I usually try and um, it's the artists that forget they're working with toxic chemicals because their toxic chemicals are so pretty. I think. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Medical people know they're working with toxic chemicals right. and they protect themselves, but artists have a tendency to be very cavalier about the materials they're using, I found. Yes, absolutely. So Jill, what is a you know, what is one thing you'd like to tell our listeners who might be, you know, struggling with fertility issues, just something that they could do or a recommendation you would make to to help them um, achieve fertility and can, and carry a child to term? Well, I would say, first of all, keep going. People, um, uh, people get beleaguered really quickly, which I really understand, but this takes time. And when you've met your baby, you'll understand why it was that sperm and that egg. There is some mystery to um, creating life. And um, often people write to me and say, oh, you know, my, this is the perfect baby for me. <laughs> this is my baby. Um, so I would say have a little bit of patience. Get very familiar with your body's rhythm. Um, uh, try and understand your rhythm. I, I'm a big fan of charting, um, basal body temperature charting, so that you get a sense of your rhythm and you get your timing right. Um, and have plenty of sex around when you're ovulating. Studies show that unless a man has a low sperm count, the more sex, the better, actually. And then pay attention to your general health. Um, eat a wide range of food, as much organic as you can afford. I know it gets expensive. Uh, regular acupuncture really helps. And do something that relieves your stress, yoga, something like that. And if you're not getting pregnant, get proper testing. You know, get your hormones tested. Have um, The guy should have a semen analysis. Um, we talked about having your tubes tested. You should be tested for all of that kind of thing. And follow the program in the Making Babies book. It really does work. If you look on Amazon, there are just um, uh, reviews after reviews after reviews of people saying, um, I followed what they told me to do and I got pregnant. So um, it, it, it's a really good place to start. Great. That's so useful. And this has been such a rich conversation, Jill. I'd love it if you let our listeners know how they can be in touch with you. Yes. Well, um, you can contact the Unova Center at unovacenter.com. 
Um, there you can find out all about us. I have my own website. I'm at jillblakeway.com and um, you can um, find out about my books and my radio show there. I produce a weekly radio show for CBS called Grow, Cook, Heal and you can find that on iTunes and we talk to all sorts of interesting people about growing and cooking and healing. It's a wonderful show. Jill Blakeway, thank you so much for talking with me today on Health Watch and for the work that you're doing um, around fertility and helping couples achieve um, that wonderful goal of becoming a parent. Well, thank you, Ellen. It's been my pleasure. And thank you. My name is Ellen Goldsmith, and you have been listening to Health Watch on KBOO. You can always stream the show on kboo.org slash healthwatch, and I look forward to coming back and talking with you next month, the second Monday of the month. Yes, and this is KBOO Community Radio. Since 1968, KBOO has been a unique and